We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman, and joining me once again is the ever so talented Perry Goldstein. Perry, welcome back. I. It's been way too long. It's great talking to you again. We are going to break down linebackers. Before we get there, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm so glad to be back. It has been way too long. Um, so funny, off-season schedules get so funky, but got to get back to our normal schedule. Yeah, we really do. And I'm really excited to be talking draft with you because, like you said, there's a million things to go over. We could cover a million different players, but we have a couple linebackers that I, I'm pretty sure you're pretty excited about. I'm, I know I'm pretty excited to talk about as well. We're going to be covering Devin Lloyd. We're going to be talking about Nicobe Dean. We're going to be talking about Quay Walker. So should be a lot of fun with a lot of great discussion. But before we get to linebackers, in your, I guess those three specific linebackers, I think we should at least touch base on linebacker in general. And what I mean by that is Green Bay has not exactly shown a propensity to invest a ton of resources into that inside linebacker position. Really, the last time they did so before re-signing Devondre Campbell this offseason was what, probably A.J. Hawk? Like, it's been a hot second. They just haven't really put any resources financially or any resources from a draft capital standpoint. I guess Oren Burks is a top 100 pick, is a, a you know, at least a somewhat, you know, day two pick. But other than that, they just haven't done that. Just your thoughts. Is is this something that you could see potentially Green Bay doing with whether it's in the first round or within the first two days of the draft that they could potentially add an inside linebacker, especially at the top of the draft? It's a really good question. It's actually one I've been thinking about myself, just given that two of the guys we're going to talk about today are just in incredible athletes that I think could add a lot to the Packers defense. But if you just look at what we have knowledge wise, which is historically the way the Packers view inside linebackers, it's hard to see them doing something like this, especially because they did just pay Devondre Campbell, such a huge contract. They have Chris Barnes who they clearly like, you know, enough to have tendered him and they don't normally play to inside linebackers that often together on the field and they have Campbell. So um, investing heavily, at least a top hundred pick in one um, would surprise me just, but at the same time, you know, if one of the players that we talk about today does fall to them, um, I, it, it would be kind of fun, right. If they took one and then just kind of upgraded the defense um, 
with some, one of these kind of athletic freaks, but it's hard for me to see it happening in the first round. It's so interesting to me because all the things you just mentioned, I totally agree with. And it, I think there is, you know, some intrigue to pairing somebody with Devondre Campbell. And I think the more that you can not have to substitute players at a position, what I mean by that is like platoon a player, right? So have a Chris Barnes on early downs and then maybe drop a safety into that spot. Like the more you can just play, like, let's say nickel and have Campbell and, you know, one of these stud linebackers right next to him and maybe not have to take guys off the field. I think it just gives you such an advantage as a defense. So I think there is some potential upside there, but I also think that they probably like Chris Barnes more than maybe the casual fan likes Chris Barnes. I don't know that of every you know position that they could potentially have needs for that. This is on the top of their list. And again, they haven't shown a propensity to put these sort of resources into it in the past. However, however, what I will also say is almost every player I've studied so far in this draft, especially that could be taken in the first round, I could make some argument against why Green Bay would normally take them. And this may shock people, but Green Bay has to take somebody. So whether it's going against their age preferences, whether it's going against what they would normally prioritize um, with a first round pick, whether it's going against their athletic preferences, whether it's going against need, whether it's whatever it may be, like they have to take somebody. And if the best player on their board happens to be a linebacker, I don't think because they just signed Campbell and because they have Barnes, I don't think that's enough to say like, well, we're just taking inside linebacker off of our board. We're not going to do that. I think it is within the realm of possibility, even if it's a little unlikely. And we also could have a situation where, especially if some of these linebackers that we're going to talk about today do fall, you could very well end up with a situation at 22 or 28, where one of these players maybe is legitimately the best player on the board, regardless of position. So I do think it's a really interesting discussion. Yeah, I it's I have kind of two additional thoughts. And I think one of them we'll we'll dive into a little more when we talk about these guys, but I do find that these these inside linebackers aren't just kind of true inside linebackers. Also, they, they bring something extra to the game, right? Whether it's being able to rush, being able to blitz, being able to cover. So it also is not the case where they're just taking, you know, an AJ Hawk, right. Type right. player. Um, and I also wonder how much Joe Barry has been able to influence maybe the way the Packers see the inside linebacker position, since that is kind of his specialty and where he comes from. Like there could be some kind of, internal shift um, in viewpoint that we just don't know about. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, right, is yes, it's great that they have Devondre Campbell. However, if Devondre Campbell goes down for any period of time, we saw how valuable that inside linebacker position was. And with Campbell on the field, how much of an impact he made. And again, you always want to have that next guy up. Now, if for a handful of games, if, if Chris Barnes has to be your guy, like no big deal, unless those handful of games are, you know, like division NFC championship, Super Bowl, yeah. Right. But like, you, I think you can certainly get by with that, but you want to have some depth at that position. And they, they really just don't even have it. And again, even past Chris Barnes, they don't have it at that position. So I don't think it can be ruled out, even if it's not maybe necessarily entirely likely. And again, these are some really fun players that would fit well in a Joe Barry system. So Perry, I will let you kick things off with whoever you want to talk about first, and I will just let you have whatever floor you would like to talk about that player in any capacity you would like. Yeah. So this is fun that, that, you know, we kind of got scheduled with this position group. Um, Well, it helps when I do the scheduling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um, Because Devin Lloyd is probably top two of my favorite players in this draft. Um, 
And it's funny because inside linebacker, again, it's just, it's not a position that I, I normally think too much about, especially because of the Packers. But I think when you watch him, you just see exactly what I said earlier. Like he brings so much more to the game, right. than just your traditional inside linebacker, Utah used him everywhere. Like he can, he can literally do everything. And he was an every down guy for that team. Um, and you can kind of, I think, plug him in again, even if Devondre Campbell is the guy you could plug him in anywhere. Like I said, he can rush, he can blitz, he can even cover. He, he did great at it, um, in Utah, kind of covering that middle of the field um, against bigger tight ends and, and slot receivers, which is really important. Um, I think it could be interesting, especially watching how much Joe Barry used a third safety, yeah. um, you know, like that, that role in a, like a dime package, um, or even a nickel package, like as a place where you could plug in Devin Lloyd. And he is, I mean, he's prototypically right. Everything the Packers want. He's big, he's fast. He's an athletic freak profile. I, I didn't check his RAS score, but I knew, I know it's high. Um, so I think, you know, again, if the Packers want to break the mold, this draft and, and take somebody that, um, you know, they're at the 22nd pick it, it's high enough that potentially, I don't know if they'd move up for an inside linebacker, but if he falls to you at 22, like he's probably one of the most athletically dominant, maybe like Kyle Hamilton over him, maybe Dax Hill. But other than that, like he is just everything you would want to mold into whatever it is you want to mold him into. I kind of view him as, do you remember when like Justin Simmons was yeah. coming up and he was drafted by the Broncos and people were like, he can just kind of play every position. He can just you pu- plug him into that defense and kind of ask him to do everything. Like that's how I view Devin Lloyd like in this draft. No, I, I think that's a, an astute point. And yeah, they would probably have to break the mold a little bit for him. Uh, again, redshirt senior, he's going to turn 24 in September. So a little bit over age for what you would like. Um, the RAS score is great. 9.33. That was unofficial. I looked at, um, at math bombs, uh, you know, Twitter feed to try to see if there's anything updated. I couldn't find anything, uh, past that, but still a very high athletic score overall, six, three, two thirty-seven. And you brought up the size. And when you have an inside linebacker who has the range and the sideline to sideline speed and the ability to cover, and then you also add a six, three frame to it. It is a NFL defensive coordinators just dream to be able to have that because if you want to run a cover two defense and you want a guy like roaming the middle of the field, and it's not just cover two, obviously, but when that guy is like in the center of the field and obviously needs to be able to get back, if there's a you know wide receiver, tight end, et cetera, running the vertical of the field and he has to run with it. Either way, when the quarterback is scanning the field and they see a 6'3 guy in the middle of the field, just those windows start getting a lot smaller and trying to pass over the top of that linebacker becomes a lot harder. If that guy's 5'11", 6 feet, a little bit easier to start navigating those windows. But when that guy's 6'3", it just changes everything. However, what happens a lot of times is those 6'3 guys... They don't always have the, you know, sideline to sideline speed or the agility or the ability to get wherever they want to on the field. Well, that is not Devin Lloyd. He can absolutely get everywhere on the field. But what happens with those sort of players? A lot of times those guys are just finesse players and maybe they're not making an impact in the run. That's not a problem for Devin Lloyd either because you 111 tackles this past year, 91 as a sophomore. He's like his production is incredible. Sacks, tackles for loss. What did he have? 22 tackles for loss just this past season. Like just incredible stat stuffing production. And again, he has everything that you would really want as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's also, I think, 
you know, obviously you look at the player and production, like you just said, we also kind of look at all the other things he would bring to a team, right? So he's the signal caller, I believe on that defense as well. Yep. Team captain, absolutely the leader on that side of the ball. I mean, it's the guy that everyone rallies around um, and kind of brings that level of energy. And when you watch him play too, like he brings the juice every single play. Um, So when you're thinking about a really, really young defense that the Packers have, and again, he would just be a rookie, but I think he would add some level of like leadership to that locker room as well. No, I agree. And I I think the thing is too, is like, we talk about wanting these prospects who are maybe a little bit younger so that they can develop and things like that. Green Bay is not in their normal state of mind right now. This is a different Green Bay Packers team and organization with what they are trying to do. Getting a redshirt senior in and somebody who's fully developed and is a tackling machine and can come in day one and contribute. Guess what? That sounds pretty freaking great right now because that's exactly what they need because they have a two to three year window that's open. And then after that, like you figure it out and there's probably going to be some fairly dark days within that. So you're looking for guys who can come in right now and maybe not a 21 year old who may take two to three years to develop. So I think that's also interesting here. And you met, you mentioned some of those intangibles team captain and uh, obviously his leadership on the field, Kyle Whittingham is coach that he's an absolute film junkie. So just constantly studying tape. He also had 523 career special team snaps, like just a lot of the things that you're looking for. Um, I have a couple sort of red flags, but did you have anything with Lloyd that maybe gave you any cause for concern at all? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, I just wanted to highlight, I think what you said is super astute and I hadn't even thought about it where it's true. Like this window with the Packers, unfortunately is we can kind of see it. And I think we've been talking about it for a while and it keeps getting extended, but it really is two to three years now with Rogers, especially as he, he gets up there in age. And so you're right. Like, even though he's going to be a rookie, the idea of bringing someone in who's already fully developed, even though we know the Packers love their projects, right? Like Rashawn Gary, but Rashawn Gary took, you know, a couple of seasons to get where he is now. Right. And, and they might not have the time for that. Um, So while the age profile may be something we historically say, okay, no, we're going to write that guy off because he's a little bit older. That actually might not be the case anymore. I think it's a great point. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see what they do, because, again, like all of the things that we like say is like historically for the Packers, like not using void years and not borrowing from the future and not, you know, like just everything is just a little off kilter. So we can't just look at things. It's like why Andrew Brandt, who I think is incredibly smart and um, why he like he has such an amazing perspective from being in the Packers, you know, uh, obviously GM room and things like that, like 
the, he was just off the season because he was going on what Green Bay historically does. And Green Bay is not in their normal state of mind right now, um, which, again, I think is part of the reason that goes into that. But a couple of just you know, smaller red flags for Devin. Lloyd. Again, he's a phenomenal linebacker. He'd be a great fit next to Devontae Campbell. Maybe be a really fun player on this team. I do think he is a little bit more of a finesse linebacker, which, again, is also fine because you're playing next to Devontae Campbell. You don't need him to be the guy that's necessarily taking on a ton of blocks. You can let uh, Campbell kind of, you know, handle some of the heavy lifting there and Lloyd be, you know, the guy that's, again, maybe a little bit more finesse flowing to the football. Uh, But instead of taking on blocks, sometimes he likes to sort of go around blocks. Now he's really freaking good at that. So it's one thing if you are trying to go around blocks and you just can't pull it off. He can, but you would like to see him at some point just to, you know, take off, take on those blocks and disengage and maybe not give up some of the gap integrity. That can be an issue at time for him. And just, again, his ability to disengage from blocks. Listen, if you're a Devin Lloyd and you're that type of linebacker and you're selecting that type of player, you know that they're not going to hold up well against 300 pound offensive linemen all day. That's not what you want to necessarily see him making a name for himself with, but you'd like to see him just do a little bit better job of that when the situation does come to fruition. I do think he plays a little bit upright and pad level can be a little bit of an issue for him at times. And he did have a 12.5% missed tackle rate per PFF. Um, I I think that was over the course of his career. Uh, So that's something that he's going to have to be a little bit better at. I don't see him as a poor tackler. You see him wrap up more often than not, uh, but it's something that he can still get better at. I think he will get better at it, but it is a little bit of a red flag. There's some other inconsistencies with this game, but nothing that you would hold, um, you you know, hold him too accountable for, because again, these are not finished products. You see all the flashes of everything that you want from an inside linebacker. You just want a little bit more of a couple of those things. Yep. Yeah, totally. I I think in a class with, at least in my opinion so far of what I've watched, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a scout. So take, take what I say with a grain of salt, but you know, there hasn't been a lot of guys that really have like stood out to me and wowed me. Like there, there's no like consensus number one pick even this year. I just think it's a really interesting class and uh, watching Devin Lloyd was one of the first players where I was like, whoa, you know, that, that guy's fun. Um, and he's going to bring something in the NFL. You can kind of just see that he his like natural trajectory is going pro and, and taking his game to the next level. Um, would be awesome if it was in green Bay. No, I agree. And the last thing I'll say there is too, is like, you can never find enough playmakers, right? I don't care what position they play. If you get like, to me, like Trent Williams for the 49ers, you may not think of offensive linemen as playmakers. Like the way he pancakes people, he is a playmaker at left tackle. I don't care what position they play. If you can find playmakers, get them. And to me, Devin Lloyd is very much a playmaker. And he proved that over and over and over in college. What, uh, five interceptions, what, three or four, I think three pick sixes, like just an absolute stud in all ways, shape and form. And uh, really excited to see what he can do on the next level. And like you said, it'd be fun if it was for Green Bay. I'll let you take it over again. Uh, Let's do what, N'Kobe Dean next? Sure. Um, So this is actually my dad's like favorite player in the draft. He wants the Packers to take them at 22, which again is hilarious because inside linebacker. Um, But obviously N'Kobe Dean um, plays for the Georgia Bulldogs an insane defense um this this past season just every single play it's hard to watch honestly because everyone's doing something incredible right um but again just like another unbelievable athletic profile um I think what caught my eye the most was his sideline to sideline speed um and just like the way that he kind of like instinctually knows where the ball carrier is and then gets there like that to me, I, he's always in the backfield, right? Tackling someone um, behind the line of scrimmage, similar to Devin Lloyd, right? Can blitz, can bring pressure. 
Um, he was also the signal caller on Georgia's defense, also the leader on that side of ball. So like a lot of similarities there. Um, I think the only thing about him is that his size is, is a hindrance there. Like he's a definitely a little smaller. He's five eleven, but again, you just said it like playmakers are playmakers. And I think like the film for me about Nicobe Dean says more than just like his, how short he is. Like you can clearly right. see that he's able to impact the game, even if he's a little bit smaller. Um, but I, I think if the Packers are going to take an inside linebacker and go outside their comfort zone, it would be even crazier to go out of their athletic profile also and take a guy like Nicobe Dean, unfortunately. But I think he's going to um, I think he's going to make some team very happy with what he's able to do for them. I totally agree. He is such, such, such a fun player to watch in so many different ways. Doesn't even turn 22 until December, but you look at his size, right? You, you mentioned it 5'11, 229, just, you know, mock draftable has his, you know, percentiles here, fifth percentile height, 13th percentile weight, 25th percentile wingspan, 34th percentile arm length, 14th percentile hand size. Not that that matters too much at linebacker, but just small, small, small in every aspect of the way you mentioned it, you know, he didn't test at the combine. He didn't test at his pro day, but athletically you don't have any, you watch him, you put on the tape and you're immediately like, I have no athletic concerns from like a speed strength, all of it standpoint, he, he can just flat out play. Doesn't have quite the production, you know, 72 tackles this year, 71 tackles last year, you know, two picks, you know, what, six sacks this year, which is really, really good. Um, had a touchdown this year as well in a pick six, but, you know, not quite the stat stuffy numbers that a, a Devin Lloyd did um, in pass, uh, excuse me, in pass coverage, 49 of 72, 366 yards, zero touchdowns allowed, two interceptions and a 68.4 passer rating. So well, I'm sure we'll touch base on this in a second, but like, even though his strong suit isn't coverage, like it didn't show up as a huge red flag uh, at, at Georgia in any way. I love his sideline to sideline ability, speed and acceleration. His closing speed is another really special trait of his, but I think you hit on, on one, a, his ability to diagnose plays. Like you just see it. There are plays where he is the only person going the right direction. There are plays where he is diagnosing it before the running backs, even getting the ball. He is a plus, plus, plus run defender. And again, the only thing that you have concern over is like, he's a run defender, but he doesn't match the size profile for it. Right. So you have a small concern there. You would like him to be maybe a little bit better against the pass. Love, love, love him as a blitzer. His vision's great. He attacks blockers in a, in a way. It's like a, this interesting juxtaposition with Devin Lloyd, where you think there's a six, three guy and you'd expect maybe him to be the guy that can shed blockers and Nicobe Dean at five eleven, you'd think it'd be maybe the guy that gets swallowed up a little bit more, but you know, Dean to me is like a guy where like, he'll, you'll see him scraping down the line. And sometimes like, he's just, you know, bouncing off blockers. Like they're not even there at times. I just could not be more impressed with his overall ability and, and how he can impact a game. Yeah. He plays larger than his size, for I sure. think, for sure. Um, I think the only concern, right, is I'm thinking about just like durability, I guess. You know, when you're in the NFL, you're not going, you know, when you're in college, you can maybe get a game or two here and there where you're, you're Georgia, you're clearly the better team. You're going to go up against guys that maybe aren't as athletic as you are. Like in the NFL, you're going up against the best of the best. And so, um, I don't think I didn't see any like injury history on him, which is great. But at the same time, like you want that to continue. Um, and you just hope that his size like won't impact that um, yeah, at all. He, 
he had a pectoral injury, but he played through it and it didn't affect him. He had some knee injuries, which made him not, you know, uh, I think run in the, in the combine in his pro day, but again, nothing that's of any serious concern. Yeah. So he was able to consistently play, which is a, another, again, another huge thing. And then you mentioned some of those intangibles again, right? Like clear leader on the field, constantly bringing the energy, everyone raved about, you know, his impact and like, and his leadership on the team. Like that is the type of guy, again, that you want in your locker room, that you want on your team. He just brings the juice. And, you know, again, it, this would be, I think, a luxury pick, right? Like, I don't think this is something, again, that Green Bay needs. And I think, again, you've got Campbell, you've got Barnes. It, it, it's probably not your your dream pick if you're Green Bay. But, man, you again, you just think of putting him next to Devondre Campbell on early downs with Kenny Clark and Jerron yeah. Reed and Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith in front of him and, you know, those great defensive backs. And, man, you just get really excited really, really quickly about what he can bring to the table I would like to see him maybe play a, a little bit under control more at times. He can play too fast, but there's also times where you, you see him play with great patience. So it's just kind of getting a consistency there again, man coverage. He showed flashes of it, but I think that could be an issue where, you know, probably more, you know, taller and savvier tight ends are going to give him trouble at the next level. I think he can be a, a really nice zone defender, but I think man can give him some trouble. And then I do wonder as well, what could potentially happen if he's not playing behind a Jordan Davis and a Devontae Wyatt and like all of this top end talent, where again, when you have great defensive tackles in front of you and you're a 5'11 guy, um, it makes it so much easier because those guys are just eating blocks and he can yeah. just, you know, use his athleticism to get to the football, right? Now, all of a sudden, what if the same guy, you know, the, you, these guards and centers, these athletic guards and centers in the NFL are now getting to the second level and taking him on and he hasn't got, you know, have Jordan Davis, you know, eating three guys at the line of scrimmage. Like how, how does he respond to that? I think that's going to be something that he's going to have to answer as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that is, I think one of the things, like, I think the Packers need another defensive lineman with Kenny. I know, I know you just said they, they got drawn Reed, but, um, you know, they, I think they relied a lot on Devondre Campbell being able to kind of close some of those gaps and they could because Devondre Campbell was great at it and a great tackler. Um, and he can take on pretty much anybody because of his size and his, you know, athleticism, but, um, potentially it could be, could be a problem for Dean, it's just interesting to me, like if he, if he fell, what, what the Packers would do, um, like if he fell out of the first round is, is right. what I'm getting at. Like, would that be someone they take with the 53 overall pick? Or maybe if he falls to the beginning of the second, like, do they maybe move up for a guy like that? But I think calling him a luxury pick for the Packers specifically is a good way to put it. Um, Cause again, it's just not, it's just, they've never valued it per se in the first round. We'll touch base on this with Quay Walker in a, in a second as well, I'm sure, because he played a lot of snaps on special teams also. But I think the other thing that we can't totally ignore here is that linebackers are huge to your special teams. This is a team that clearly, clearly, clearly needs a complete and utter makeover on special teams. Bringing in a guy like Devin Lloyd, who played, again, what, 500 plus snaps on special teams, Nicobe Dean, who I guarantee you would just be an absolute monster on special teams. Quay Walker, who played, what, uh, 542 career snaps on special teams. The fact that these guys would be, 
part-time players is maybe a little bit aggressive, but like Devondre Campbell's the guy at linebacker, right? No matter whether it's Lloyd or Dean or Walker, any other inside linebacker, you're not bringing them in to necessarily play 60, 70 snaps per game on defense. They're probably closer to what, maybe 40 ish. Now, all of a sudden, if you can add one of those guys as your key playmakers on special teams, add maybe Chris Barnes now the ability to play some special teams as well, because you've got some, you know, you've got some more depth where if one of those guys does get knocked out for a game or something that you've got guys that can still step up there. I just think that that could be a direction where Green Bay says, you know what, we're bringing in a Kobe Dean or a Devin Lloyd or a Quay Walker, not only to build depth behind a Devondre Campbell, not only to be potentially our number two linebacker, but also to make a real legitimate impact on special teams and be a guy that could absolutely turn around a special teams unit that's been clearly abysmal for far too long now. So I don't think that we can totally shy away from that either that these could be good players that help turn around to special teams yeah it's funny that you say that because I was just talking to Maggie on PAX which she said about how the Packers don't have like a guy on special teams to rally around right like they kind of rotate in returners and maybe Oren Burks and Ty Summers but there there hasn't been like a, you know like the Falcons have Cordell Patterson right like that's right. their guy and I think that they desperately need that. I think there's like a movement with bringing in Rich Basaccia to, like you said, completely overhaul this. And there's nothing like bringing in a guy like Nicobe Dean, right. With this insane athleticism, with the ability to rally guys around him with this leadership. And again, you don't take someone in the first round to be a rotational inside linebacker to play 40 ish snaps a game, but if he completely transforms also a unit that literally lost them a playoff game, then I think it's worth it for sure. Especially if he's like the guy that kind of is the core of the special teams unit. I could totally see N'Kobe Dean just rallying an entire special teams like on his own. Like that's the type of guy that he is the leadership, the juice, the energy, the, the athleticism, the tackling ability, like you add that guy on special teams, you just tell him like day one, like you're going to be our guy on special teams. You're also going to be your, an early down linebacker. We're probably not going to play you a ton on sub defense to begin with, uh, but that's your, that's going to be your role. Not only do I think he'd be amazing at it. I think he would embrace it and you give, you know, Rich Passaccia and the Kobe Dean a room together and just have them start causing chaos on opposing specialty. Like, I don't know. The thought of it is really intriguing to me. Do I maybe necessarily think they'll go in that direction again? I think it's probably a bit of a long shot, but you can start seeing the different ways that these players could impact your team. And there's, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, zero doubt in my mind that if green Bay went and got into Kobe Dean again, maybe a guy that doesn't fit their normal, normal profiles, or maybe isn't their ideal pick you bring him in the building. And like, I guarantee you'd be one of the Packers fans, favorite players from like almost day one. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I would get behind almost anyone, you know, there, 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 there's not like once you're, once you're drafted, once you're, once you're wearing those colors, like I'm going to find a way to root for you to be a contributor on this team, but it's definitely easier when, you know, you're watching guys like Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean in college and you're saying like, man, they can just upgrade a defense wherever they go. And the unit's already great. Like I, I keep going back to the performance that, they had against the 49ers and you think about adding players that could even make them better. Right. And you're looking at like a Rashawn Gary, who's still ascending and a Kenny Clark, who's one of the best linemen in the, in the league. And 
a secondary that's getting Jair Alexander back. And like every level of the defense then has these incredible playmakers. Um, so it would be, I would, I would be very excited. Yeah. It's, a, it's an exciting thought to think about. And uh, again, I, I think it's a real reason why I wouldn't be surprised at all if Green Bay goes defense and, you know, two of those first four picks in the first and second round, assuming they keep all four picks. All right, let's talk and, and finish up with Quay Walker. Uh, again, I'll let you take over and go where you want with this. Okay. So I, I watch them in order. Um, so I'm getting, I'm getting to Quay Walker third, um, mostly because that's kind of where people have them on, on the board. Um, and again, like, very athletic. I think same as, as no Kobe Dean has really nice vision and instinct for tackling in the backfield. Um, I found him to be like, not the surest tackler was watching. Um, not for any reason, more like, like, what do I know about technique? But I don't know. There was something about the way he was like bringing guys down. Like I could see him kind of being like flung around a little bit in, in the NFL. Um, but again, he like, he brings pressure um, you can see the way Georgia likes to use their, their inside linebackers um, because he was Dean's teammate. Um, I definitely thought Dean had like better sideline to sideline speed, definitely had more like ball skills um, with his two interceptions than Walker. Um, I think he's n- more of a day two guy than the other two. Um, I, I'm not sure I could see um, him going in the first round, but again, like a, a great player. I just, he didn't wow me as much as the other two do. I couldn't agree more to me. That's, that's the scouting report on Quay Walker. And you look, first of all, at the athleticism, this is a six, four, two We talked about Lloyd being six, three. And again, he's two thirty seven, six, four, two forty one. He was faster than Devin Lloyd in the 40 of four, five, two forty, ninety six percentile. His three cone is just insane. A six, eight, nine, ninety second percentile for linebackers did good on the short shuttle. Good on the broad jump. Again, amazing height, great weight, great bench press. The only thing that he struggled with at all from a testing standpoint was his vertical. He only had a 32, which again is in the 42nd percentile, but everything else, he just basically tested like through the roof. This is a traits-based player in a traits-based pick. You're going to get scouts in some team that look at him and say, this was like a, a nice piece at Georgia, but if he all of a sudden turns into what his athletic testing and his athletic profile shows at the NFL level, like look the hell out. Like that is what it is. But you look at Georgia and all these players just flying around the football and making plays and having great instincts and just constantly like to me, Quay Walker was an afterthought. And you mentioned watching Lloyd and then Dean and then Walker. I mean, my goodness, you watch you know, Lloyd and Dean and just the playmaking and the prowess and the instincts and, you know, just reading plays and, and diagnosing them. And, and again, getting to the football, you see all of that in spades. And then you get to Quay Walker and it's not that he's bad at all. It's like, I would almost argue that like, he has maybe like no, like real insane weakness. There's nothing that I looked at his game and be like, well, that's going to be a major problem, but he just lacked a little bit of that wow factor. He didn't have the same instincts. He wasn't making the same level of plays. The playmaking wasn't there. He wasn't, you know, staffing the stat or stuffing the stat sheet, 63 tackles, one and a half sacks, no forced fumbles, no interceptions, a couple of passes defensed in his career, two total in his career. Like you just don't see that same level of production. But again, I guarantee you some team's going to look at the traits and look at the player and be like, this is exactly what you want in an NFL linebacker. And I think ultimately we'll probably overdraft him. And this is the first player that I've 
watched excessive tape on in this draft or I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I just don't see it. I don't get it. And we, we talk all the time about some players having it with Quay Walker. I almost felt the opposite. Like he didn't have it. He just, he had like the skills were there. The traits were there. The intangibles were there, but it just, something was just missing. It just didn't click. It didn't always make sense. And that was sort of my takeaway from Quay Walker. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said, right. For getting someone in the draft who's super solid, really right? like not Agreed. every guy is going to be like the guy. Agreed. And if he ends up being like a solid, like B player for a team, then great. That's a good pick in the second round. You can't no complaints. And I think like you can sometimes look at what we're talking about as criticism, but it's, it's not criticism, right? Like it, you're going to fill a need for a team um, but I think if we're, cause we talk about Packers and the Packers exclusively, like I just can't see the Packers breaking the mold of what they normally do for a guy at a position that they don't value. Who's just going to be solid because they have someone like that already, right? Like they have Devonter Campbell, who's more than solid. He was an all pro and they have Chris Barnes, who I think is quite solid. So not going to use like a top hundred pick, especially in a draft where they have so many other needs, in my opinion, um, on a guy like, like Clay Walker. Yeah. So it's interesting. It, it, I was laughing when you said, you know, he, maybe he, he could be a guy. Like I literally wrote down, you want him to be a guy on your defense. You don't want him to be the guy on your defense. And that to me is why he's not a first round pick, right? Like when you're picking in the first round, you're taking home run swings. You want to try to find somebody that's going to be an elite player on your defense. I just don't see that as Quay Walker. Could he develop into that? Sure. There's always a chance that he could develop into that, especially with the traits that he has, but you put him in on defense and he's one of your top 11 guys, you're not going to be too upset by that ever. Because again, there's just very few things that he does poorly. And there is the opportunity that he gets or the potential that he gets a lot better too. I think he's a strong tackler. Again, not bad at anything. I do think he would fit very well within Joe Barry's defense. He plays within himself. He doesn't overcommit. He's got good range. He's strong at the point of attack. And maybe the one thing, like, I, I agree with you that I don't think maybe Green Bay would go out of their profile of, of like drafting linebackers necessarily for, you know, to like move up or like take Walker in the first round. But to me, this is actually like very much a player that green Bay would take. Like this would be one of those situations, very similar to like Creed Humphreys on the board, but green Bay drafts Josh Myers where like Nicobe Dean's on the board and everyone's being like, Oh, they're, they're going to draft a linebacker out of Georgia and they do, but it's Quay Walker. It's not Nicobe Dean. It's literally the most Packers thing ever. And, but, it, but there's a reason for it, right? Like they value the six, four, they value the strength at the point of attack. They value the high-end athleticism, the 9.6 RAS in this, in this situation turns 22 in May. So fits mostly their age profile. Like, Again, special team snaps, 542 career special team snaps. Like this to me is very much a Packers pick. It would have to be in the second round, in my opinion, but man, it would just be very Packers to be like, all right, it would like I go back to when Boss Bailey, another Georgia linebacker, was on the board and everyone was like, they're gonna grab, you know, draft Boss Bailey. They needed a linebacker. He was still on the board. And then they went Nick Barnett, and everyone's like, who the hell is Nick Barnett? I wanted Boss Bailey. Like, this is just very Packers. And if Quay Walker, you know, went early in the second round. Green Bay, I would, it would not surprise me at all. That's so funny that you say that everyone's like screaming for them to get like another wide receiver or something where they haven't taken a wide receiver yet in the first round. They've got like one more top 60 pick and it's like Quay Walker. And I'm like, Walker. no, <laughs> it's just so, so Green Bay if they went in that direction, but oh, these are all fun. You know, three really fun linebackers. How would you rank them one through three? The way we 
said it. Yeah, Dean, I totally agree. Uh, sorry, Lloyd Dean Walker. Um, I agree. I, I I think I think you have to take Lloyd over Dean because of the the six three the coverage ability. I just think there's more value to that in the NFL. It would not surprise me at all if Dean became the, the better true linebacker and just his intensity and his like overall playmaking. Like I really like Nicobe Dean a lot. Probably one of the, the players that I watched in this draft and just said, like, I, I don't care about anything like from an athletic profile. Like I just want that guy on my roster in some capacity. He, he just has that sort of it factor again, if you will. Um, so I love him. I don't think I would be shocked if Green Bay ended up with Nicobe Dean. Uh, I just don't think, again, he fits a lot of the things that they normally look for, but would be so fun. But I, I would go Lloyd as a slight one A, Dean one B, and then I'd have Walker again, pretty lower, you know, bottom second round guy for me. I think most NFL teams are going to value him a bit more than probably I would. Yep. Yeah. See, that's how I feel about, about Lloyd. I just, I watch him and I'm like, Oh God, he would just add so much to, to any team. And again, like I, I'm still working through everything. So we got a couple weeks for the draft, but he's right. one of the few guys I've got where I'm like, you could start him week one. And he, I think he'd be fine. And maybe the age thing is green Bay's like one, you know, con that they have on their list. But again, I, I also think, you know, COVID's definitely, kind of skewed timelines and, and it forced some players to go back to school because they didn't have enough, you know, on tape to, to declare for the draft. They wanted one more season. They missed a seat, whatever it is. So I, I kind of also take age right now in the next couple of years, the grain of salt for that reason. Um, I do think it's funny. Like you can't find Devin Lloyd's age anywhere. It's like a, like a I found it. Over. I think I found it. So it's, you did uh, find it. People 20... have been like trying to trace when he graduated from high school, um, but he is a little older, but you know, I think it just means he he's more complete. He's got more experience. I should say, like, I found it, it was on Wikipedia. So take it for what it's worth, but they okay. have a list that now is 24 in, in September. He'll turn 24 in September. So not like crazy overaged, but, uh, again, we talk about Kenny Clark all the time. He's 26 right now and he's played in the league six years. So, you know, there's guys that are 20 that will be drafted yeah. in this draft. And, uh, you know, somebody who turns 24 in September is definitely a little overage, but again, green Bay's in win now mode, somebody who can come in and step in right away. The other thing I'll say is like of all the, of the three linebackers we talked about to me, Lloyd would fit the best next to Devondre Campbell and just complimenting each other. I think they'd play very, very well next to each other. I'm assuming you would agree based on your crush on Devin Lloyd. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, linebackers are fun. It'll be interesting to see if Green Bay does attack that position at all in the first couple of rounds of the draft. Like we said, I think probably unlikely, but nothing's impossible. And you leave it to Goot to, to throw a curveball every now and again, as well as he's apt to do from time to time. Any final thoughts on any of these three players inside linebacker, anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm just, uh, as the draft gets closer, I'm, I'm itching to, to finally find out who the Packers take. I feel like talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And then I'm going to end up being someone none of us expect. Man, like it feels unreal when you've got like a first, second and third round pick to unwrap, you know, like after the draft, like if Green Bay keeps their picks and you've got two firsts, two seconds, a third, and then of course all of your day three picks as well. Like it's going to feel like you know, that one Christmas that you just remember, or, you know, Hanukkah that you just remember or whatever holiday is that you just Thanks. remember. You're welcome. Uh, you know, that you just got every gift that you wanted. And like, there was just so much under the tree. Like this is going to be, again, if Green Bay keeps the picks, like this is going to be that holiday where like, you just can't believe the gifts just keep coming and coming and coming. I, I, I can't freaking wait. Yeah. I think what I'm most excited for is 
the last couple of seasons, the Packers have pretty much just brought back everybody. You know, there's been a handful of free agents, um, you know, not really anything big and, and splashy since um, the year they got, you know, the Smiths, et cetera. Like this season, there's going to be a lot of new guys in the building and it's going to look like a different team. And I think that's really exciting. Like there's, there's just been like an oomph missing. And, and I think it's an interesting draft to kind of find maybe a couple of those guys to add the oomph, but there certainly are some. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait to see who they take and, and what they add to the team. Clearly losing Devontae Adams is a really tough pill to swallow. And clearly losing him does not make Green Bay a better team in any way. But one of the things I'm a huge believer in is that you have to add something new to your roster or you get stale. Like if Green Bay just would have basically brought back this same roster and try to, you know, compete again, I just think like something is missing. And while every other team is getting better in some capacity or even just changing in some capacity, if you're just the same, it just feels like you're, you're, you're getting worse. And while again, I don't think losing Devante is advantageous for Green Bay overall, the fact that they're going to add five top 100 picks in all likelihood, you know, bring in a Jerron Reed and, and, you know, bring some of their guys back and sort of just re-energize this roster with some youth, some athleticism, some talent, they need to hit on guys. There's no two ways about it. They have to rebuild a wide receiver core. Like they're going to have to do well. Like it can't just be five top 100 guys. They're going to, you know, a couple are going to bust and a couple are going to take a couple of years to develop. Like Goot's got his work cut out from this is where, he's going to really earn his money as a GM is with these, especially these top five picks um, in the top 100. But man, I I love the idea of adding some youth, some athleticism, some talent at different positions and just seeing what the team can do with it. Because I think that is potentially how Green Bay can grow. And if they hit on the right guys, it could be what ultimately puts them over the top. Absolutely. It's already a pretty young team too. I mean, besides the quarterback. And so you said it, you're kind of injecting even more youth and, I mean, I just find that guys are more and more pro ready coming out of college and maybe some of that like rookie growing pains for some of the top guys, right. Are, are not necessarily the curve, the learning curve isn't, isn't as steep. Um, and of course, you know, there's always the the projects, if you will, the guys, you know, are going to be developmental, but um, there's a total possibility that, you know, if they hit on some of these guys, that they're going to make immediate impacts that we're going to see right as the season starts. Um, and that's really, it's really exciting. Yeah. Can't wait. The unwrapping of the presents after the draft is going to be beyond phenomenal and so fun. Perry, where can we follow you on Twitter? Tell us about PAX, what she said and anything else you want to talk about? Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Um, I record PAX, what she said, which is another Packers podcast with Maggie Loney every week. Um, so you can find us Thursday or Friday mornings. Um, we are all draft all the time right now. So Aren't we um, you all? can follow us on Twitter at PWSS podcast. Perfect. You follow our podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. If you have not subscribed to either the audio podcast or the video podcast on YouTube, please make sure to do so. Um, if you haven't checked out all of the videos yet with all the profiles that I've been going over over the course of the last week and a half ish, um, a lot of great profiles of a lot of great players that the Packers could potentially select. So make sure you are checking those out. That is going to do it for Perry and I today. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.